All right, we're started now. Hi, Chloe. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I can't complain. It's been a good good day at work. Got a lot done. Back on the grind. I love Mondays. So, how about you? I'm working on the writing mostly today, and then I have a couple of projects for my podcast, actually. Oh, very nice. So, what what is your podcast about? Um. So, I started a media brand about a year ago. And we started out interviewing people on podcasts, like um, exploring different artists and their personal stories with how they got into what they're doing. Um, And then we switched and we did a different form of interview. And now we're doing like workshop focused podcasts. So actually teaching people how to be successful in pursuing their passions. Okay. So how long ago did you start that you said? Almost a year. Almost a year. How many? How how often do you guys put out episodes out? Uh, we were doing weekly episodes, and then we took about a two month break when I started um, Praxis. And okay. now that I'm kind of in the swing of things, we're going to start back up again. Very nice. Yeah, I think podcasting is a lot of fun. I, I always wanted to have one, and I never really had a topic to talk about specifically. Um, so when Praxis came on, I was like, well, I guess I could just talk about Praxis stuff. So I figured it was a good start, good, um, practice. What do you, what do you use for, um, a hosting service? Um, we actually only upload to YouTube right now. We got a distributing service and we tried to get our podcast out on like Spotify and stuff, but turned out that they didn't inform us beforehand that they don't upload podcasts. They only do music. So. We're working oh, on finding okay. a podcast distributing service. Yeah, see, the thing is, I use SoundCloud, and it's it works, but I can tell it's made for music because, like, they don't even, like, they have genres and stuff like that. It's like, there's no podcast genre. I know people use SoundCloud for podcasts, but it's, eh, you know, it's not created for it, you can tell. So, but it's actually really easy to embed to your website, though, because you just go click the share, click embed, and put it in your website, so. That part about it is easy. Yeah. Um, so basically, I, I guess I wanted to start with kind of what is, so how did, how did you find Praxis? And the, kind of what's your story about getting to Praxis? Everybody has their own story. And um, I feel like yours is pretty interesting. About Praxis, um, initially three years ago, um, I heard about it through um, – like HSLDA and a couple of the camps I did through homeschooling. And my mom really wanted me to do it, but I really wanted to go to college. So I completely ignored it and (laughs) I just went and applied to schools and got accepted to everything I applied to. So I was really confident going into college. And when I got there, it was a lot easier than I expected. I didn't actually feel challenged to do anything that I felt mattered to me. It was a lot of like writing to please someone versus actually creating value of any kind. And I'm the kind of person who can put something in short-term memory and then forget it immediately after as soon as it's done being useful. So in school, I found that like right after I finished a test, I completely like flushed out all of the knowledge from the courses I had taken. And I was worried Mm -hmm. that at the end of school, I wasn't going to be qualified for a job in any of the fields I was interested in for my degree. So I decided to explore Praxis a little bit more and see if that was something I was more interested in now that I had actually experienced college and 
how that was for me. And I decided to leave and try it out just because it felt pretty low risk to me. Like you don't lose money doing praxis. Didn't, mm-hmm. I would need to take out any loans and worst case scenario, I spent a year doing it and walked away with some professional coaching and went back mm-hmm. to college. <coughs> yeah. What did you, uh, as far as the people like around you in college, what did you feel like their disposition towards college and towards the whole idea was, was it more of a, we're here because we kind of have to be, or we're here because we really have a goal. I mean, cause obviously it seemed to you that you had a clear understanding of I'm going here to learn how to be valuable to somebody, to some company someday. And it seems like you had a quick realization that you, that was not happening. Yeah. Well, from my experiences, like I said, I was homeschooled, so I didn't know where my parents were at in terms of like direction. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot to compare to, but the kids that I did know were really academic homeschoolers. So in high school, I thought everybody's going to be like this. Everybody's going to be really motivated. They're going to know what they want to do and they're going to be doing it. And then I got to college and I maybe knew two people who were sure about their major and actually felt like their work like in classes was preparing them for it. And everybody else I knew, they were there at college to find themselves or they were there at college because their friends went or I knew a girl who was at college so that she could be located near Hollywood so she could do auditions for acting. And it seemed like a lot of people were just spending $40,000 a year to be in that area or around their friends. And it wasn't the environment I wanted. Yeah. I, I can't specifically relate cause I never attended. I mean, I grew up with a, a family that was super anti-college, right? They, I mean, he, my dad never said you can't go to college, but he definitely always was like, oh yeah, college is a scam, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I never was really disposed to go there. However, for a while I did consider going to a tech school in, in, uh, in Wausau here, but I was going to go for architecture just so I had some kind of, some kind of knowledge so I could get a job somewhere. And then eventually build my own, um, start my own construction company. That was my goal for a while. But as soon as I moved to Wausau, because I had a, a few jobs lined up, I I ended up doing a bunch of other things, got into insurance before you knew it. And I was like, oh boy, I mean, I make really good money right now. I don't need to go to, to, to the tech school because I literally make more than almost any one of their graduates their first year. So I was like, well, I'm just going to stick with this. <laughs> <laughs> um. As far as Praxis is concerned, though, I had heard about Praxis, I think, I think it was last, like last summer, not this, not this year, but obviously in in 2018, because one of my friends, his, um, his dad's cousin is married to Isaac Morehouse. So he had heard about it through whatever, because they knew they've, they've met him and stuff. And he, he had applied to it. He never got, he didn't get accepted. But to me, it sounded like the way he portrayed it was like a coding boot camp. And I was like, that's okay. That's not something I want to do. So when they brought it up to me, they were like, cause I was kind of like looking around and I was kind of dissatisfied with doing insurance. And I said, you know, I don't really want to do this. And they said, Hey, you should look into it. So I was like, okay. Well, so I went to the website, did the application. And once I got accepted, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like it was really hard for me to accept the idea of 
doing something like that and and not making any money for a while because I had been making good money. So it was really hard for me to do it. And ultimately, I think it was Amanda Kingsmith, who was my advisor through that, that application process. I said, you know what? If I do it, I'll do the education-only version, and I'll do it this fall. So I'll, I'll touch base with you later. So I kind of had put it off. And then ultimately, I ended up in May quitting my job as an insurance salesman. And then I was like, hmm, now I've got lots of options. So I weighed them all, and I, I had asked some really good advice of a, of a very successful person in Owasa here. And he said, you know, do the things that you know you would regret not doing because you're young. If you don't plan to go to college, make your life experience your college. So I said, I, I took my eight options eventually down to four and then down to three and then down to two. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do praxis. So I applied again or I just, you know, contacted them and said, hey, am I still good to go? And I said, sure. So, yeah, I'm loving it so far. I think it's pretty great. What did you think of the application process? So to be honest, it's really hard for me to remember that far back. Um, I really enjoyed the, I think the reason I, I was excited about the application process was because they talked so much about understanding yourself. Like, like what is your goal? And I remember writing this, if you had as much resources as you wanted and you could do anything, what would you do and how would you execute it? I remember writing that, that essay or whatever it was. I don't know what you want to call it. And I did, I felt extremely confident applying to it because, you know, after hearing the stuff, I was like, well, I've done insurance for a year and a half. So like, I feel like they would be really happy to have me. And I mean, I was, it's, I was kind of arrogant about it, but <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it. I did like the idea that they kind of encourage you to go into medium and, start writing on uh, get a medium account and that was a really big deal for me because for a while I was writing on medium not very regularly but it was really awesome because I was able to just get my thoughts kind of out there to the world and um, I really enjoyed that much about it but I thought the application process was interesting that's what I'd say because I've never applied to a college or anything like that so like you have to understand that for me applications is like I don't, I don't know what to expect I kind of never really had to apply anywhere, even for jobs. Um, when I got my insurance job, I mainly, I basically had it in the bag. I just had to get approved by the people up top. Um, they were slightly cautious about hiring me because I was so young. I was 18, but my boss was my godfather. And he said, you know, I want you to work for us. And it's basically, it comes down to my decision. So I never really had applications. So I just, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, yeah. And pretty much I've heard a couple people who um, like I know some of the people in our cohort applied more than once and I know that that's something they encourage people to do if you don't make it the first time but um, I don't know I was kind of curious about that like what did, uh, you, what did you think about it I mean especially having uh, applied to multiple colleges etc beforehand what did you think about the process it was actually the first thing I applied to that I was nervous about because I don't take this wrong way. I also tend to be a little bit arrogant about some things sometimes, like kind of like what you were saying. And um, I'd never been not accepted to something I applied for. And I've applied mm -hmm. for, I got into every college I applied to. I actually got scholarships that I didn't apply for. And so it was nerve wracking for me to apply. But when I got in, I felt like 
a little bit confused because I knew that there were some people, quite a lot of people who don't get in the first time and then reapply. And I don't know from the application process what changes about an applicant that would then make them, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it has to do with some of the questions they ask you because it's kind of like, I mean, just as young people, not a lot of young people ask themselves really hard questions, you know, and I think that going through it and getting rejected and then they reapply. So first of all, the fact that they reapply shows a certain level of um, resilience. So, you know, they're not going to get beaten down. They're going to try again. And I also think that it changes their mindset a slight bit to go through the application process. They might go through it without changing their mindset during it. And then they get rejected. But then once they've gone through it, their mindset's kind of changed. So they end up, um, they end up having a different mindset the next time they apply. You know what I mean? I think that's, that would be my best guess. Yeah. And that makes sense. So, once you got accepted, what did you, um, what'd you think? Did you, were you like, okay, I'm going to do this right away? Or did you think about it a lot? Um, I actually, so during like my senior year of high school, I moved from like a community that I was really integrated into to literally the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's not a lot of opportunities for community here. So I kind of noticed myself get really introverted when I moved. And so when I was making the decision to leave college, the thing that actually gave me the courage to do that was a really good friend of mine decided to leave too. And we both applied to Praxis and we both were accepted. And then they changed their mind and decided not to do it. And when they did that, I stopped and I was like, am I sure that I want to do this even if they're Mm -hmm. not going to? Because I was like, I waited until the day I had to pay the down, like the deposit to make the decision. And um, I'm glad now and I'm sure now that it's what I wanted to do. But at the time it was like, I wasn't 100% certain. But um, I'm very much the kind of person who's like, um, Like you hear a lot of stories about um, God parting the Red Sea for for people to walk through, and I'm I believe in the importance of also having faith to step out before the path is clear. Um, so it was like a moment of testing that for me. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I did, but I definitely wasn't a hundred percent certain when I yeah. actually did it. I think for me. Um, I was pretty certain I wanted to do it when I got that last, when I was going through the second application process, essentially like that second um, round of it. And then I got all those, those documents and I was like really careful to read through them all and everything, which I normally am never, <laughs> almost <laughs> never. I mean, I signed, I bought a house or a property with a friend of mine, uh, an investment property. And I didn't even look at the paperwork. I was just like, yep, it's good. You know, I trust the banker because he's a good friend of mine. Um, but practice, I actually looked through and, no, there's a little bit of hesitancy because, you know, you're like, okay, well, you know, if I do this, then I'm really in this, you know, I got to gotta make sure I fulfill my commitments. And I think the biggest fear for me was that I just didn't know what was, like, I didn't know much about practice. I was like, okay, so you go through six months and then you go for a startup and then six months and then you maybe get a job. I mean, so I was like, 
it's kind of weird. They don't really lay it out, but I mean, obviously, I understand they only can lay out so much. Um, otherwise, people would steal their information, you know. So <laughs> I don't know. But once I did it, I said, okay, I'm going to be committed to this. You know, just like when I started my insurance job, I said I'm going to be committed to this. Um, but I guess I would ask, um, what do you think so far of the program? Do you think that it's, um, I guess I won't, I won't ask, you know, any other questions that lead your thought process. Just what do you think of the program so far? Overall, I've, I've gotten pretty, like a pretty close to what I expected to out of the program. The details have looked a little bit different. Like I wasn't sure what the coaching would be like exactly. And I definitely didn't expect a couple of the curriculum changes that have happened. Mm -hmm. So that's been like, I guess something that comes with just the stage that practice is at right now where they're still improving their curriculum. So it was weird for me. The weirdest part has been going into module two thinking I was going to be doing a portfolio project and then it really being the whole course on building a second brain. Um, But even then that's the, moment where I was like am I am I really satisfied with praxis was through module two and even in the moment like through module two I was a little bit like feeling like building a second brain wasn't really for me like I didn't like the organization that he they were having us go through and everything but now I find myself using it a lot more than I expected so I think for me, what was interesting, and you, you mentioned this, that, you know, they're in a certain stage right now, practices. I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm a really philosophical person. I feel like you, you know that from my blog posts. We're basically being educated in a startup. So we're being educated how to work for a startup in a startup. Because, like, practice is, what, five years old, six years old? I mean, it's not that old, right? Yeah, it's not that old. I think so, 2013 it started. So yeah, it's it's pretty new, relatively new. And it's a constantly changing thing because they know that they have that 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 um agility um that agile mindset where it's like you go through, you fix something and then you adjust it and you keep redoing it and you make adjustments along the way. Just like any startup, like if any of us go and actually work for a startup, it's going to be a really similar mindset. So I think that was interesting. To me, I also thought was interesting is that they pretty much for the most part, they all have this mindset that all, I should say they is the, the advisors. They all have this mindset that obviously praxis is going to be different for different people. Like they understand that this size does not fit all. So like I really liked when TK came to me because I had, I don't know if you remember, but I had said something about how this was so easy so far. <laughs> and he said, Oh, I hear somebody challenging, you know, and then I had an advisory meeting with him. I think the next day or the day after. And he said, you know, if this is not hard enough, like we can make it harder. And I was like, okay, well I'll accept your challenge. Just whatever you want to give it to me. But I guess, you know, it just was a, it was a cool moment for me to realize Ooh, don't shoot your mouth off so quick. Because for me, I, I meant that the work wasn't hard. I didn't mean that praxis fitting into your life wasn't hard because the time commitments, but I meant like, okay, I interview somebody, I post a blog post about it and I write about how to be blah, blah, blah. And and then how to be successful at it. So to me, that wasn't hard at all. It was just a matter of doing it. You know what I mean? So 
I guess that was slightly disappointing that, you know, I'm never disappointed when I don't have, when I have, you know, less work, but it was kind of disappointing because I was like, well, you know, this is just the same old, same old. The part that was hard obviously was, was the building a second brain. I still use it, but um, I don't think I use it to the degree most people probably do. I mean, I use the I use the Project Minesweep daily. I use uh, I take notes a lot still, but I don't go back through them as often. So, I don't know about you. Yeah, it's similar for me. I mostly use it for my ideas or notes I have on projects that I'm doing. And yeah, do you use the the Workflow Canvas at all? No. I never understood it when we did it i mean like i can i can see the importance of it but at the same time it's to me it's a hassle because it's like it's kind of like putting um i don't know putting borders on how much you can work because it's like you have to make sure you hit this side and then this side and then that side and that side right mm -hmm. so i didn't i don't use it still that's kind of why i made it a google doc because i figured i wouldn't make it use it too much but um Overall, I still like it. I think that it was, I was pretty patient with it because I felt special that we were the ones who were testing it out and our feedback probably meant a lot to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of why I like doing these podcasts. You know, I, I did one with JD last weekend and um, we're doing this one so that maybe the advisors will see this and be like, oh, you know, good points there, you know. Or maybe they'll just say, ah, those damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but. So let's see, what did you think about, uh, or what do you think so far about this, this writing module? I actually, I really like it so far. I think I'm going to try and keep it going after the month is over because I've always, I've definitely been the kind of person who's, it's not that I have a fear of writing or something. It's just like, if nobody's going to read it, what's the point in sharing it type of thing. Um, so for a long time, like, it was the same thing when I was starting podcasting in the YouTube channel. I had wanted to do that for like 10 years, but I was like, if I'm the only one going to watch the videos, then I'm not going to publish them. I'm just going to record them and watch them. Um, but I, I almost think there's a pride in publishing them, even if nobody reads them. I don't know if that sounds weird, but um, I read a book that changed my perspective on it. Um, and I actually can't believe I'm forgetting the name right now. It's like one of those, um, like romanticized night, a knight's tale type of stories about, uh, kind of like Monty Python type of thing where even though it's completely ridiculous, they're doing what they enjoy and want to be doing just to do it. And so, um, it's kind of like, why not, why not publish it if I'm going to write anyway? You know, the chances yeah. they might see it. Yeah, I actually just wrote about that today, kind of the power of writing. I don't know if you read mine or not, but it was basically saying that what if your perspective is needed, right? Because there's so many people that write out there. You know, there's so many people that are better than me. Like, I'm not that good of a writer. I know that much. I might have a good perspective, but for me to be able to put it on words, like, and make it interesting enough that people are going to stick with every word. I'm not very good at that. I don't think I am. So I guess my point in the thing was, you know, you're, you never know when what you're writing can help you. I, I mean, as a, as a Christian, I 
I believe that the Holy Ghost inspires us a lot and we, we help people. And you never know when your one blog post might get read by one person that might change their whole life. You know what I mean? And I think that the, I mean, I'm sure, have you heard of Gary V? Oh, you haven't. Oh, wow. Um, so Gary Vaynerchuk is like this guy who's his whole, his whole mantra is essentially like positivity and optimism because there's too much negativity in the world. In fact, this, this poster behind me that you can see my sister made that it's a whole bunch of Gary V quotes. Um, but I guess the more positive things we can put out into the world, the better the, the world should be. Because I think that typically positive and, you know, optimistic people, they don't tend to share as much information because they're pretty content. They're like, Oh, I mean, why would I need to do that? Whereas negative people are searching for something like they're missing something in their life. So therefore they go around and they spew all this, this bad energy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really like that mindset. And I also just enjoy putting my thoughts out on paper. Like it helps me think, to be honest, like, it's kind of a selfish reason, but that's mainly the reason I write is because I just, I get a chance to reason through, you know, a situation or a topic and come to my conclusion of my thoughts on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I definitely write for myself too, mostly. That's uh, something I've noticed about, I think you can tell, like reading everybody else's blog posts every day too. It's like, you can see different people are motivated by different things or like I just write about a lot of things that aren't necessarily going to be useful to people. Like I'm mm -hmm. not exploring theories or philosophies most of the time, um, but just, you know, chasing those random lines of thought to the end. And I think there's value for me in that. And I really like doing it. Yeah. One of the things I think some people, I, I, I wonder sometimes if their their mindset is, oh, like, why would I write something? Because what if it comes back to bite me in the, in the future, you know, because somebody might go find it. I just say it this way, like, especially as far as getting a job is concerned or getting clients, like, if they go back and they do research on me in the future, right, if they're going to hire me or they want to do business with me and they research and they find some of these old blog posts and they say, oh, man. Silas, he's a whack job. He he talks about God a bunch. I don't want to do business with him. Well, I'll be honest. I that's okay with me. Like I don't want to have to have to deal business with somebody who doesn't like me, because if they don't like me, then we're not going to get along. It's just going to be a stressful relationship, you know. So I pretty much see it as a win-win. And plus, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody will say, "Oh, wow, these kids, you know, they're writing." they're actually doing something like if they happen to find our blog post that says we wrote a blog post every day for you, whatever, however long of time, then that's just something that goes for us. Right. I decided, you know, I shut my mouth off again that I'm going to write every day of my life. And except for like a couple weekends per year where I pretty much go away from social media. So, I mean, I made a big commitment, but it's just become part of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, how I'm trying to think of some other questions. Do you have any questions for me specifically? Um, I was, I didn't have this in advance. I'm thinking of it now. Um, but something I noticed this weekend when I was thinking about it is that there's a lot of, um, 
emphasis put on practice being for doers, like people who just are willing to do things. And I can see that in the curriculum and that kind of thing. But um, I also noticed that a lot of people have trouble with that in our cohort. And in general, I'm sure it's something that happens every month just because a lot of people, yeah. commitment's not necessarily something a lot of people are naturally good at. And for me, it's dependent on what it is. Um, but like, there's, I don't, I forget what question I was forming at the end of this, but um, do you feel like it's challenged you in that way? Or do you feel like it's just that natural for you to just to do, do things? Yeah. Um, I actually do think it has challenged me because, you know, I, while not afraid to try new things, did not, I mean, I had to build a website before this even started. I freaked out when I had heard that because I knew nothing about building a website. So I built my website on WordPress originally and I was super unhappy with it. So I, I think I saw yours. I think that's where I got it from because I said, wow, you have a really nice website. Like I can see your creativity in your website and I was like where'd you build it and then told me Squarespace so that's when I switched over and like I love Squarespace Squarespace is super easy to use so that was challenging um that because like nobody was telling me to build a website before then so like I might have gotten around to it but I wasn't probably going to get around to it for a while and now I have this so much confidence a lot more at least in the tech side of things because like okay I can build a website and that was actually very helpful for me because now my job is building websites and, and selling uh, our advertising services. And then this whole podcast thing. So like, like I said, if I didn't have, you know, these people around me who are like doing lots of extra things, like it, I'll, I'll clarify something in a minute, but if I didn't have these people around me who are kind of like trying to really work hard to, to be out there in front, I, don't think I would have, I mean, I don't think I would have started my podcast at least for a while because I wouldn't have felt challenged. Right. But because I felt had all these people around me, there's part of me that's very arrogant that says, Oh, I want to be the best. And I want to like, or I guess I shouldn't say it that way. It's more of, I am the best. And now I'm just going to take action on it. <laughs> I know it's really prideful, but it's just how I was raised. And I, I'm trying to work on it. It, it takes time. <laughs> But the point is, I was like, oh, well, I might as well start my podcast. Like, why not? Right. So one thing I wanted to, wanted to talk about also was that somebody had mentioned to me, I think it was Jarrett. He had said that he heard, excuse me, he heard that a lot of Praxians in the past, like always like focused on, it's kind of like a battle among them, among the people in their module to be the best. And I never came in with it with that expectation because, to be honest, I did hardly any research on what practice really was. I didn't talk to people about what was going on. I was like, okay, I'm doing this, so let's do it, you know. Kind of, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm in it, so what's the sense in doing research on it? <laughs> um, but he had told me that, and I guess, I think I had heard it from one of the advisors at some point. I'm trying to remember. I believe I, I, believe I heard it. They said, oh, man, this is like this module really gets along and they do stuff together. And they were happy about that. So, um, but I mean, what can you expect? Like if you put a whole bunch of wolves in a, in a, 
in a room, like, they're going to be trying to show who's the best wolf, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because I, I am definitely at least motivated by competition, whether it's set up that way or not. It's just um, definitely the difference between trying to do all this kind of stuff on your own, which honestly, hypothetically, you could do a lot of what you do in praxis on your own. Mm -hmm. um, but being in this situation with other people and you know that they're all doing it too and you know that they have access to seeing what you produce it's definitely like I, I want to make mine better than theirs a little bit you know like there is yeah. that incentive or pressure or something yeah there's a little bit of like you know I don't I want to kind of stand out but like it's just also because I did think about that because like there was a couple times I was thinking you know like why did I do this like why did I sign up for practice like literally everything I've done <clears throat> I could have done on my own but then I was like well did I though I didn't do it on my own obviously and I had no intention of doing all these things on my own so they challenged me by by giving me these deliverables to to produce and I here's my you know I was like to look ahead and think okay so what is this going to do right we're going to go through this we're going to do these things but then, like, if it was school, you kind of lose contact with a lot of the people and you go out and you probably lose that mindset of teaching yourself, right? But because we have the community, there's this constant connection with this is what I came from. I learned how to learn back then. And you're also helping other people up with you. And to me, that's very interesting because not only do I think that the community is super resourceful and like, it's nice to be able to have people to, to, you know, bounce things off of. It's super awesome that we, um, like think about the, how many people are, uh, who went through Praxis ahead of us are going to be the hiring managers in a couple of years. You know what I mean? So it's very, very possible that we be, we get easy connections, I guess you could say into these companies because of our, our, um, affiliation. Yeah. Definitely. One thing that I did, I've been curious how different it is from like our cohort from other cohorts. There's just some like we have no knowledge of the people, what the group dynamics have been like before us. That's been like, it was something that was subconsciously like curious about before. But then um, I have a friend who went through the program years ago, like, or really early on in practice. And I didn't talk to her at all before I joined. I just knew she did it. And I was like, oh, she did it. So it must be good. But I never asked her. Um, but recently she found out I was doing it and she reached out to me. And she was saying that, like, everybody in her cohort was, like, super tight-knit. That they used oh, yeah. to have weekend Zoom calls where they'd stay on the call for 48 hours. She said oh, that my gosh. her best friends from it and that, people from her cohort were in her wedding I was like wow <laughs> and I look at ours I'm like that's very different like it's it's so interesting and I wonder what it's like for the advisors to be with a completely different dynamic every single month like it probably makes it interesting that's for sure but also I mean how many of those advisors how many years ago was that I think it was like four years ago so, I mean, there might might have been a lot of advisors that weren't there. You know, maybe they went through, but that is interesting. Like, I do definitely, like, within our group, I, I feel a closer connection to some of them. Like, JD and I do a lot of projects, and we talk a lot. But, like, the rest of them, I mean, I talk to you a little bit. 
but I don't really talk to the rest of them a lot. So like, it was kind of fun doing that one project we did, uh, the forecast, and that was fun to organize. And I was kind of expecting more of that activity and more of that kind of like going forward so that we'd end up being closer. But I don't know. I mean, like I just didn't have the energy to do it at the end of last month because at the end of last month I was on pilgrimage. Like I was completely gone from the internet basically. And I didn't think of anything, you know, because <laughs> I've just yeah. been so busy focusing on work and trying to get things rolling there. So, but no, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like the I, dynamics a little bit different. Like we're very split in our cohort between people who are like always getting things done ahead of time and more <laughs> organized and everything. And people who are like always getting things done like 15 minutes to three hours after they're supposed to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I only like, delivered one thing late and that was after they removed the rule. And that was because I had my, my case study done. Like I had what I thought was a rough draft and I sent it to Lolita to, for her to edit it because I was like, I'm going to do this. Or actually, no, I shared it with a group. I said, can you guys like look through this and then I'll post it on Monday. So it would, it would have been like a couple days late. And um, it turns out that I pretty much used that exact thing. I just put very few edits into it and I was like, oh, yeah, it turned out pretty nice. So I don't really feel like I delivered it that late. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do agree with you. And I think it's... It's interesting. I mean, I'm actually this coming weekend, I'm going to go visit a friend in Minneapolis and I happened to talk to, um, I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name, but anyways, there's this one girl on one of the zoom calls who was like, Oh, I saw you swing dance. And she sent it to me privately in the zoom call on, on Monday. And I was like, Oh yeah, I swing dance. So then we started talking on Twitter and I'm actually, she's in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So I'm going to go, uh, have coffee with her too when I go to visit my friend just to meet another Praxian. So um, I think it's also interesting just hearing the stories that people have because I talked to her and she said that she actually never got like she, I think it had been six to nine months after she had finished the boot camp and she still hadn't gotten a, uh, an apprenticeship. And she had already done four years of college also. And she was like, yeah, I'm just going to go get a job. Like she has no hard feelings about it. She's like, yeah, I'm just not going to wait around anymore. Like I'm going to get my own job. So she works at this company called Dispatch and she said it's awesome. So I just like hearing the stories. Yeah. I also think it's interesting with what happened with Michelle, you know, how she like, she's like, yeah, I just don't think this is quite right. So I talked to Cameron and I'm going to, after this next month, I'm going to move on to, to, um, to getting a job. Like, that's what praxis is. It's not, not everybody's going to have to fit in that same, that same box, you know? Yeah. So yeah, every time I've had something where I'm like, Oh, am I really getting challenged enough or whatever? I'm like, Oh, well, if I really felt that way, I could say something. And I'm like, I think I'm getting <laughs> One thing that when TK had told me, he said, here's what I'm going to have you do. Like I'm going to challenge you to comment on every single deliverable. Like read through it, watch it, whatever it was, and give your like best uh, positive, uh, what's it called? Constructive criticism. And I did that for two days on a total of like six things. And I was like, this is exhausting. It was really interesting though, because I felt like I gained so much knowledge because not only was I consuming it, but I was trying to give advice on it. 
And he had told me, he said, if you do this, it's really going to help you because you're going to understand like everything more because you're giving advice and teaching rather than consuming. And it was really cool. So if you ever have a time, check it out. It worked a lot for me. But um, what do you, do you know when we're going to be doing our portfolio project? Is it going to be next month? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was either next month or the month after sometime during placement. Oh, okay. Because I feel like the, the, um, portfolio project is pretty important. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the big things for your crash profile, isn't it? Um, actually I have my mind's launched and I've gotten feedback on it and everything. And I don't have a portfolio project that's like directed at a certain role up there, but it's you, different because I do have a portfolio already. Yeah, because you have the podcast and the business, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the thing I'm not too worried about because either way, I have my tea business in there. But I was really excited when we heard about, like, when we heard the portfolio project was coming because I was like, oh, great. You know, I can focus on Praxis, but at the same time, I'll be focusing on building my tea business. And then we came, <laughs> got that that one call, and I was like, poop. We're not going to do it. <laughs> but um, – I, I was under the impression that this current month was going to be our portfolio project because that's what I thought he had said. I thought TK said they're just moving it back a month. But um, no, I'm excited for it because I think it'll actually challenge me to – it already did challenge me to set goals like, okay, this is how many, like an actual number, which I normally don't do because I always believe in I will accomplish it eventually. I just don't like to feel like I failed because I have this tendency to get kind of depressed if I don't meet a goal. Because sometimes I set unrealistic goals, right? So, I don't know. I just, I do enjoy practice. And I think the main thing, the main reason I enjoy it is because like-minded people, good challenge. And I get a, you spend a lot of time thinking about like, what do you actually want? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. So, any closing thoughts that you have for it, for um, this discussion about practice? Just kind of along with you're saying, like, it's very much a, you have to think about what do I want to get out of this? And it's completely on you to do that. Yeah, it is totally up to us. It's what we want out of it. I think that, you know, I would ask, can you put it into the, um, into the format that if you were telling somebody considering practice or coming into it after they've officially accepted it, um, what would your advice be to them so far? Um, I'd say to have some sort of idea for yourself before you start the program, because you can apply in advance too. Like, I'd say have an idea of what you're wanting to get out of it and then hold yourself to that because you don't want to be the person who's sitting there thinking, you know, oh, this isn't what I expected or something like that. Like, have actual expectations and make sure the program meets them because that's your responsibility, you know? Yeah, because the program is tail tailorable to what you want, basically. Yeah, that's what I would say, too, is I very much along the same lines is that when you go into practice, really remember that it's for you. Like, this whole point of you going in is not for you to please somebody else. It's for you to build value for yourself that you can be happy with and that you can take to other people. So 
with that, I will say thank you so much, Chloe, for taking the time out of your day to go on this call. And um, once I get it all uploaded, I'll share it with you, and you can share it with your friends. And hopefully, um, hopefully, we can do this again sometime towards the end of the end of the the boot camp. Yeah, no problem. Have a, have a good one. You too.